Welcome to Living a Healthy, Vibrant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Chapman. At the current moment, we're not taking any sponsors, but if you wish to support me, visit our website, hvlwell.net. We have the best flavor of collagen. We have unflavored peach mango and our newest flavor, strawberry lemonade. If you struggle with skin elasticity, if you need a new supplement routine, or if you just need a better collagen product, check us out. And we're also at the Panoramic Brand Studio, best podcast studio in Houston. All right, we have a special guest with us today. He is a professional soccer player, three-year pro, graduate from Wake Forest, and also played four years, drafted in the second round of 2021. Welcome, Andrew Penningberg. How's it going, Harold? Thanks for having me, man. Oh, man. Finally got me a professional here. Yes, sir. I thought I was going to be like a professional basketball player or a football player, but I got a soccer first. There we go, man. Take what you can get. Hey, man, I, I ain't complaining. <laughs> I, w- I ain't complaining, especially to uh, appreciate uh, Chris Slocum for the connect, man. I appreciate you, man. But, yeah, man, how you feeling today? Yeah, doing great. How are you? Pretty good, man. So uh, so, so, what would you – so let's just get right into it. So what made you choose soccer out of everything, like, when you were, like, a young boy? Like, how did you get into, like, soccer out of – did you ever play any other sports? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up, I mean, just like a lot of kids, I played all kinds of, like, basketball, flag football, like, t-ball. Um, but, like, yeah, I played soccer. And, uh, you know, the thing that really separated soccer for me was, you know, I played all these sports, and I was actually a field player with uh, soccer, and uh, I was, like, a striker. I loved scoring goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, the uh, the coaches had told my parents, like, hey, you should probably go. I played for, like, a YMCA, like a rec team. And they told my parents, like, you should probably go take him to the tryout for, like, a travel team. And so I went to the tryouts, and uh, when I got there, they needed a goalie to, to play. And <laughs> I had never played, like, goalie before, but I just, like, volunteered myself. And then I just fell in love. And, um, yeah, ever since I was, like, eight years old, and I've been playing goalkeeper ever since. And, um, man, I just fell so in love with not only the sport but the position. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just kind of became my main focus, like, just out of uh, all the sports. You say you were playing a striker first? Yeah, like in my like YMCA rec league, man. I loved to score goals at, at that time. So what made you transition into like goalie? Like, because you did try to try goalie out, but you actually stuck with it. Yeah. So what made you stick with it? Yeah, man. I think um, I think when I started playing, so I made I made a team, and then we had like our very first tournament, like the next weekend, and uh, you know I've always been a really competitive guy, and. Uh, I realized in that tournament, man, we, we had, like, a really good tournament. We came in, like, second. And uh, I realized that I get frustrated because I was, like, a striker. I could score, like, three or four goals, but uh, my team would lose, like, 5-4. <laughs> but as a goalie, I knew that if I showed up and prepared well and had a good game and I realized, like, in that first tournament, mm. we could, like, never lose. You know, we could tie, like, 0-0. But I felt like I had more, like, control and more, like, impact on the game being a goalie. And... Uh, I've also, I feel like I've always been like a pretty unique guy. And uh, I remember just in that first tournament too, man, they, uh, they gave me my own different colored jersey and my own like two little gloves. And I remember like putting them on, just feeling like a little like superhero or something. Oh, man. Just like way different from the rest of my team. And I've also just always loved like just jumping and like running around and diving. And I feel like, you know, goalkeeper is just like a, a whole new like position, like it's almost like you combine soccer and like being a wide receiver and right. So uh, yeah, man, it's always just been since that moment something I've just like really loved and, and enjoyed. 
Man, when I think about like a goalie, because I was looking at some of your clips, a couple of times you got close to being kicked in the face. Oh, yeah, there's been more than multiple that, times that, getting that kicked shit, in the face. Right, <laughs> especially so soccer cleats, you got to remember, everybody using, you got some strong legs. Yeah, man. And like that, <laughs> I don't know if I can do that yeah, goalie. Yeah. I know, does, is that like kind of, Fear in the back of your mind, like when you see the goal coming, we see somebody coming to kick, and you want to like grab the ball. You're like, "Oh shit, he go about to kick me." Yeah, I feel like there's always kind of that like human instinct that like you you want to kind of back away from it, but um, I think the instinct to to win and to like save it sometimes just overrides that. And, like fuck it. Yeah, yeah, and you've just done it so many times. Yeah, yeah, I've just like been shot on so many times that you know, like I feel like that kind of like fear goes away, like as you, as you as you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? Uh, where are you from, man? I'm from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. So what made you choose uh, Wake Forest out of? I, I'm guessing you're pretty good in high school. Yeah, yeah, I was decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I was looking at some some other schools, and uh, it's funny, kind of a little little story, a little backstory. But so when I was on that like very first team, there was a kid on my team, and uh, his dad actually went to Wake. And uh, they were telling me and my dad, like, all season long, hey, you got to come with us to, a, like, a Wake Forest soccer game. And I didn't even know what, what Wake Forest was at the time. Right. And um, finally, after, like, one of our morning games, we uh, decided to go up with them. And so it's, like, an hour and a half north of, of Charlotte. So made the drive up. We go to the game. And, uh, you know, I'd really experienced the atmosphere at Wake for the first time. It's, like, always been a really good uh, following. Like, a couple thousand fans show up. Really nice, like, unique stadium. Um, you know, a lot of support, a lot of energy in the, in the mm-hmm. stadium. And they were also – that was, like, 2007. Um, and that was actually the year they won the national championship, the only national championship the, the program has ever won. Dang. So, uh, yeah, so we went to the first game, and, man, I just, like, fell in love. And uh, my dad and I kind of kept going up to games just, like, throughout that fall. And um, I remember, actually, like, I was in my, like, TV room, and my dad was on, like, a business trip. And uh, they were playing in the national championship 2007 against Ohio State. And they ended up winning 2-1. And uh, I remember, like, being on the phone with them, and I was just like, Dad, they won, like, freaking out. Because we were both, like, big fans. And uh, I also had, the, the like, their star player. He won, like, the, the – the, it's called the Herman Trophy. It's, like, the Heisman for, for soccer, for college soccer. Mm-hmm. I had his jersey, and I literally wore that, like, all fall long, just, like, everywhere <laughs> I went. And um, so, yeah, man, I fell in love with it. But kind of as I got older, we kind of, like, stopped following. But um, once I got into high school – uh, I was I had a game and I did pretty well and uh, my coach had told me that the Wake Forest coach at the time was actually at the game and he was like yeah he wants to, uh, you to give him a call mm-hmm. so like I gave him a call that day and spoke to him for the first time and um, I remember getting off the phone with him I was like yeah he's a pretty cool dude and uh, they had me come on a visit and so I went on campus for the first time since I was like eight years old and uh, all those feelings came back watching like a preseason game and yeah, I'd gone on visits to other schools, but um, I just knew, man, like that was going to be the, the place for me. And like my next visit, they ended up giving me an offer and um, I ended up uh, committing my junior year. So, yeah, man, it was um, I played four years there and it was just a, a dream come true for, for that little eight year old. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's pretty amazing. Like knowing like you, you follow that school since you were eight and then able to uh, get a visit on campus yeah. and connects. So what made you choose that school? Yeah, I mean, I think um, – so the ACC, the, the conference they're in, is, like, arguably the best conference in, in college soccer, and it's kind of been that way for, for years now. So I feel like for me, in high school, I knew that I wanted to play at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Um, 
especially in college and you know it's a very competitive conference so um, I knew I wanted to be a part of that and uh, you know also kind of fulfilling that childhood dream was part of it Um, you know it's a very good academic school and you know academics have always been uh, pretty important to me it was also pretty important as well that you know being close to my family so it's only like an hour and a half north of Charlotte so Mm -hmm. uh, weekend games my, my parents were always able to come out which uh, I was actually like one of two guys from North Carolina on the team. So we had guys from California, New York. Oh, I mean, yeah. So, and they, their families would come maybe once a year and my yeah. parents could come, you know, every single weekend. So, um, that was pretty special for me just to be able to have them in, in the stands and, um, support. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, so what would you say, uh, the, uh, transition from, uh, I would say like going from high school to college, like what was the. Did you feel like a shift? Yeah, like from the talent level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, so I grew up playing for a. They called it like an academy in in Charlotte. There's like academy teams all across the country. So, um, at the time, that was like the highest level for for soccer. But um, the team that we had, it wasn't like the highest highest level was like an MLS academy. So mm-hmm. having the professional team and then having like their younger academy players, like we didn't have a pro team, if that makes sense. We just had our academy team. So um, Wake at the time being a high level program, they would recruit a lot of these like MLS academy kids. So while I was playing at a high level, it wasn't like the highest, highest level. Mm-hmm. And so coming into college, most of my recruiting class was like all MLS academy kids. Oh, so yeah, and just, even the guys who were there before me were all like, you know, big time guys kind of from all around the country, even like internationally. So, uh, no, it definitely was a, like a wake up for me, especially my first couple weeks, just kind of getting used to the pace. And I even, so I graduated early from, from high school. So I graduated in like December and got there in, uh, in January. And so I was also the only one in my class to do that too. So they had actually that fall come off of they they lost in the national championship so they had made it you know all that way guys had built relationships you know the team had gotten really close and i'm coming in just like in january by myself like no group of guys around me so yeah um it was definitely a a learning curve on the field off the field and just kind of like getting used to the team and and everything but it definitely was a a really good you know growing experience for me especially for the uh, culture like going from you know, uh, high school to college is always some challenging. Yeah. You know, because you got to be more responsible yeah. now. Yeah. And you had to keep yourself in shape. Yeah. And you know, you, go, you went there for soccer, but it's just a lot that comes along with it, like being a, a college athlete. Yeah. Yeah. I was learning how to do my laundry for the first time. Um, yeah. <laughs> As a freshman. Learn how to, and also, like, you got to get your ass up for class. Yeah. 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 And then I'm sure y'all probably have, like, meetings. Yep. Probably, like, film, right? Yeah. 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 And, be tired and then at the same time you gotta go back home and do some homework yep and then you might have like morning workouts yep. or something like that yeah man don't stop but i mean and it teaches good like time management skills and like discipline. i feel like, yeah yeah no 100 percent. yeah no i'm definitely i feel like in the time it seemed like a lot and it was pretty like overwhelming but you look back and you're like that definitely built a lot of good skills in me a lot of oh, being able to manage time and all that so. oh man i always recommend everybody that's like if you high school to middle school I always recommend everybody to play a sport yeah. because it teaches something that your parents can't teach you 100% so I like I I didn't realize how disciplined and consistent and hard work and that I was but I realized when I look at it, I've been doing it ever since I was 9 years old yeah. you know you've been playing especially been playing like soccer like yourself yeah. Yeah. you know you uh, see what's the word for it you 
always had to, you got to go to practice, mm. playing games. Mm. You got to be competitive. Mm. It teaches you about losing. Mm. It teaches you about like, damn, this team was really good. Mm. You learn from adversity. Mm. And your parents, they can't teach you that. Mm-hmm. They only just your parents. They teach you certain skills, but they can't teach you how to deal with adversity like because you're actually going through it. They just yeah. support you with it. But going through that year after year, it teaches you those traits that you, we didn't even realize that we were developing. Mm. And you're like, dang. Then you realize why some people that never played sports, why working out is hard for them, why healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. is hard for them, why just going through things because they probably had things all given to them, mm. and it makes just life a little challenging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, man, sports are beautiful. I feel like, you know, you also learn those skills through something that you love too. So. Right. It almost makes all of that easier, which is not the point to, to be easy, but you're starting to learn the yeah, discipline, commitment, you know, relationships with people, like all through something that you love. So, um, yeah, man, I, I think everyone needs to play sports. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I have my, my two year old. I have her like doing a little small workouts with me because I want her. Because I look at like professional athletes, like when I look at like LeBron James, I look at any professional player that has like younger kids. And people always wonder why. Why are they so good? Well, not just because they have a professional player that's a mom or dad, it's because they start them early. Mm. Why, why are you starting your kid off like at seven or nine? They've been starting their kids off like three or four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. When you think about it, yeah. when you look at it. But that, that's why I always, I always push like sports and soccer. Mm. So how did it go like when you when you played like four years? So what – what was the transition that you possibly could go pro? Like, what did, when, did, when did that, like, set in, like, starting your freshman year? Um, yeah, man, my, my college journey was definitely uh, interesting. I played one game my freshman year. I didn't play any my sophomore year. I, I had redshirted. And then uh, junior year for me was, like, a breakout year. And uh, I played, like, every single game. And uh, we ended up going to the Final Four for uh, NCAA. And I was, like, third team for uh, ACC All-Conference. And um, yeah, man, I had a, a big breakout year. Senior year was actually like COVID that fall. Oh, so yeah. yeah, we had like a so ACC, like everyone else canceled, but we had like a modified kind of 10 game season in wow, the, the fall. Yeah, but uh, no, man, I feel like once I started playing and, and being the starter and kind of getting some recognition and um, you know doing well in the field, I could start to see potential like pro opportunities and making connections with people. And especially after that senior year fall, like people reaching out to me and just kind of seeing, um, you know, that there were potential places that, that were interested in me. And um, so, yeah, there's a draft for uh, soccer, for college soccer into MLS. And um, so that following January after that uh, fall, I was drafted in the second round to Orlando City in uh, MLS. But, yeah, it all kind of came after that fall, just kind of seeing that people were interested and I was definitely interested in going pro. So, um, yeah. Did you have to get like an agent of anything like that? Yeah, I, I did. I you know that's a whole another story of just kind of like learning curve of I feel like you because know. you don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah. you just get thrown in like oh I'm drafted. Then you go go through like it's just so much that you don't know. Yeah. And like trial and error. Yeah, I was about to say I feel like the biggest things that I've learned as a professional have been just through trial and error. Just kind of. It's kind of like life. Yeah, yeah. I just like you don't know like how do you now. Uh, 25. 25. Like, you don't know what 28 going to look like for you. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, 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 but yeah. when you get there, it's right trial and error, right? Yeah. 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 And I mean, it is some of the best ways to learn, but uh, just actually going out there and, and doing it. But, no, I mean, I've definitely learned a lot of lessons since then, and especially about being a pro. But part of me wishes, like, there was some kind of a course or something that, like, as a senior in uh, college, like, hey, this is all the things you need to 
know and be prepared for as a as a pro. But I feel like now they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now, shoot, now I, they, I didn't see them when I was graduating. Nah, I don't think nobody did. <laughs> yeah. But but now they do because uh, you know uh, college players are getting those UIL deals. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're getting like agents. They talk getting endorsement deals yep. and. Some players making more money uh, staying in that sport for four years mm. rather than going pro. Yeah. That goes all across the board. Yeah. No, Unless it's baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's important. Like, I feel like when, when you play in high school and even college, like, all you see is the game and just, like, trying to focus on the game. And you hear some athletes that talk about, like, man, I just want to focus on the sport. Like, I don't want to focus on all these other things. But it's like – you got to realize there's a game outside of the game that you got to be able to take care of. And it's like, if you can't take care of that, then you're not going to have the the game. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't do what you love unless you're willing to take care of all the off field, you know, trying to get yourself in a good situation, you know, getting, getting the right organization, be able to work with the agent, figure out, you know, how to structure a contract or even some of the, some of these things. It's like, it's just funny when I hear some athletes say like, "Oh man, I just I, like I don't ha- want to have to worry about that. I just want to I just want to play the game." It's like, man, that's it's not gonna happen if you if you can't take care of the other stuff. Yeah. So especially your contract, you know, yeah. structure a bad deal, you like I'm ready to be out. Yeah, yeah. And you see somebody else getting this type of money, you be like, oh, "What am I? What, what, yeah. what is my contract?" Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's uh, so is it so usually like how con- how do contracts work in uh, soccer? Yeah, I mean. Um, it really just depends on on the team and, and in the league um you know just kind of could be multi-year or like with with an option you know like a, a club option. i think the, the options that i've seen it's all like the club having an option but uh yeah it just really depends on like the the team in the league yeah do you have to have an agent um you don't have to i i know some guys who who play and they they don't have agents but uh they tend to be like older guys who have been in a league like long enough and have a certain amount of contacts like themselves and um but i think especially coming out of college it's good just to have someone who's kind of speaking on your behalf and you're not doing it all on your own and i think even some of those players just don't even you know you're so new to a league and to an environment like you just don't know anyone so it's good to have someone like in your corner backing you right so uh so what made you so do you have to apply for the draft or do people be like be looking at you? How does that work? So I don't know how it works now, but back then it was like teams that were interested would like put your name into the draft. Um, and they kind of came up just like with a, a, a draft list of college players. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how it works now, but that's. Did you know like uh, draft projections if you was going to go like what round and stuff like I that? I had no idea, man. I actually, so that year i don't know again how they how they do it now but that year the first round was all like televised on the website on the mls website and uh so i actually went back to school so i was there for the draft with my coaches and uh with a teammate who was like projected to go pretty high and so he went like number two and that was like videotaped and everything and uh so there's like four rounds and the second third and fourth round was all just like names popping up on the website like on a screen and so i, I had no idea like when i was going to go or anything but like i was literally just sitting there with my coaches just like on the couches and like name would go a name would go and then my name was like hey but uh did they like call you or text you or anything so the the club reached out um after they yeah drafted me but after yeah, yeah, yeah. Not after. Yeah. yeah. Not at least tell you before, hey, man, we think about taking you in this round yeah, or, nope. like, <laughs> or this number. Like, just be on the lookout for it. What do you think about us taking you? 
Yeah. You didn't get that? Nah, man. No. Nope. Kind of shit yeah. is that? Yeah. It is. It is like saying we got this, we got some cars on the lot, but uh, this is the one you're gonna take. Yeah. This is what we have. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, the MLS draft is is a bit different than like other drafts to where you know most players when they get drafted they're just going in for preseason and it's not like unless you're like a top five pick it's, um, you know not really like a, a guaranteed contract and you even look at, you know years later like where guys were drafted. I would say a very small percent are even still like with the team that that picked them up or or even I mean quite frankly still playing pro soccer so uh, yeah yeah <laughs> what's the uh what's the lifespan of of being in college like the uh, not college but pros yeah like um you know it really depends like uh, position to position I mean you have some guys who are playing into their 30s and I mean even 40s I mean as a as a goalkeeper I'm a bit fortunate because it's a lot more of a you know kind of mental thing and being able to just like see certain situations and it's a bit less like taxing on your body to where um you know there's professional keepers still playing at the highest level in their late 30s early 40s so um but that's not like for field players it's probably somewhere in your 20s maybe early 30s but again it just kind of depends on positions like there's some midfielders who don't like um it's not as physical as maybe like an outside back or something like that so they uh they can play a bit longer but i would definitely say goalkeepers tend to have the longest longevity is it because of the how much wear and tear on their body yeah I, I would say that or even just like i mean if you're getting into your 30s or late 30s you know if you're an outside back you're competing with like 20 year olds who can just sprint up and down you know the sideline all day don't and, get uh, tired. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, every position has its own, you know, demands and, and requirements. So, um, but, yeah, goalkeepers just kind of tend to, to play a little bit longer. They say it's kind of like like wine, man, like a fine wine. You just kind of keep getting better with age just because you've seen so many situations and um, so many scenarios, and you're just kind of able to apply that to the future. Man, that's that's pretty interesting, like the, the traits of it and just going through that. So, so when you was – when you got uh, drafted, you say you was with your coaches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually, like, on campus. What did you do when you uh, was drafted? So, uh, no, I mean, we kind of just, like, had celebrated in the locker room. And uh, my buddy who I was with, who also got drafted, we ended up just, like, going and getting some some food. And I remember we uh, we drove back to Charlotte because he was staying with me because he's from England and wow. um, he needed somewhere to stay at the time. But, uh, no, nah, man, we were just, like, jamming in the car on the way home. We were both just, like, super pumped and – yeah, I had a bunch of people reaching out to me, just like really excited for me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was a cool moment. Your name blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's, that's, a cool. a, that's a. I'm sure the, the emotion of that and just feeling that. And what uh, team do you draft to first? Yeah, so um, I got drafted to Orlando City in uh, MLS. So, yeah. How was that? Yeah, no, it was a good experience. Like I said, um, you know, when you uh, when you get drafted in MLS, usually it's it's just for a. Uh, like a, a trial in preseason and so I was there for for about a month and um I ended up I mean thought I did really well you know worked really hard and uh they ended up telling me you know funny enough they said that like I was better than they thought I was gonna be but uh they already had three keepers they had better what huh? they thought you were they um they told me that they thought I was better than like they expected me to be <laughs> but uh they told me that like they already had three keepers that they you know, we're pretty high on and they thought it would be best for me to find a team where there was a good chance to play. So um, started looking for, for new teams. And uh, fortunately, there was a, a situation for a second division team uh, in USL 
uh, in Colorado Springs mm-hmm. that uh, I ended up signing and, and playing there for. Oh, wow. So what, what would you say the biggest difference between the first team and the second team? Um, I would say the second team is a, a bit more um, like younger. It, it's more focused on development, mm-hmm. be that you know younger like academy type players or be like first team players that like the club is is looking to develop but um yeah i mean it's just two different things i would say the first team is more focused on just solely winning games and you know they're like the sole focus for the club but um you know a second team also just depends on what club you're looking at there are Mm -hmm. teams in the second division uh league that um, are more more focused on developing like younger players mm-hmm. than uh, than other teams. More some teams are focused on just like solely winning. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it really just depends on on the club. So yeah, okay. So do they have like uh, owners stuff like that? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all like tied in with the club, so mm-hmm. it's kind of like the same owners as like the the, the first team. But uh, yeah, yeah. Th- but there's like separate staff that are like focused on dealing with the second team so how usually uh practice uh being professional yeah man uh, um you know really just depends on on the day but uh usually just show up in the morning usually there's a time that everyone has to be in by or else uh, you'll get you'll get fined Not but fine. uh, huh, yeah yeah man we got fines <laughs> yeah yeah gotta set standards but uh yeah, no, show up, and then usually there's a gap, like, maybe, like, hour, hour and 15 minutes between that and, like, a, a team meeting where, you know, guys will get warmed up for the day, go into the treatment room, get, you know, whatever work they need before training. Usually there's a, a team meeting before training that depends on the day. If it's coming off a game, maybe we're reviewing some some game film from the last game, mm-hmm. or if we're approaching a game, it'll be, um, you know, reviewing film from the opponent we're about to play or even just talking about like what training is going to look like mm-hmm. and then uh usually we, we go out and train for depends again on the day usually an hour hour and a half maybe even a little longer on like longer days mm-hmm. um and then sometimes that might be it for the day but then sometimes we might have like a, a gym session in the afternoon so um we usually like just get some food or whatever change into some gym clothes and then like an hour later come back into the the gym get a little workout in in the in the weight room and then yeah it, yeah, it just kind of depends on the day. I don't seem too bad. It's, yeah, it's, no, man. It's confession. That's all you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I feel like maybe compared to someone else like who's working a, a different kind of job, it's it's less hours, but I feel like it's a lot of time and energy put into those hours. You know, like you could train for 90 minutes, especially here in, in the Houston summer. And, uh, yeah, that, that could be it for the day, man, if it's, yeah, a, if it's an intense session. Hey, if it's hot like that yeah. in Houston. Uh, yeah. When you get home, you're chilling. Yeah, <laughs> you're you, the try, feet up. try again next day. Probably get some yeah. electrolytes yeah, yeah. and hope you don't feel like shit next yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, Man, that's pretty cool, man, in regards to uh, being drafted, going there, the structure of it. So what would you say, um, what would you say you're looking forward to 2024? Yeah, man, so I actually just signed for uh, a new team in, uh, in North Carolina. Um, it's called the uh, Carolina Core FC, but uh, it's a brand new team. Uh, yeah, so uh, just looking to get there and, and get started and, and having some success with that team and, you know, doing what I can to, to help the club and, um, yeah, just have a, a good good year with them. It's It'll be cool because um, – so the team is in High Point, North Carolina, which um, is only is like – Is that the major city here? No, um, 
I'd say like Charlotte and Raleigh are probably like the the biggest cities, but uh, High Point is like 30 minutes from where Wake is. I, so like Winston Salem, High Point, and Greensboro kind of make up the the triad okay. um, area, yeah, of North Carolina. So um, it'll be cool for me just to be close to, you know, um, it's like an hour and a half north of Charlotte, so close to my family there, and then even uh, like 30 minutes from where I went to school at Wake. So um, and there's also a great like soccer base following. Um, in that area so it'll be really cool to have a, a professional soccer team there for for the first time so so pretty much uh staying in the same ecosystem basically yeah yeah i mean i'm a big proponent of uh getting out and and living in new places and having new experiences but um you know the opportunity came up to to go to this new team and i think it's going to be a, a really great situation a really good team so um but then also you know on, on top of that going closer to home i think will be really cool Right. How many of the goalkeepers are usually like to keep uh, on a team? Yeah, it depends uh, from team to team, but usually like three or four. Three or four? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say about three. Three is good unless you got the first one hurt. Yeah. And you probably need to hire another one. Yeah. But that's pretty cool, man. Like, it's it's pretty simple, like how the pros work a little bit. Yeah. Just, uh, I think, well, football is more, more people more look at that because I, I feel like it's a violent sport. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people love violence. It's just like, <laughs> usually if it's violence, if it's entertaining, people hook to it. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, just like on the news, man, when they say uh, uh, a white cop killed a black cop or a black cop killed a white. So that's going to be on the headlines. But I used to work in law enforcement. I, what I tell people is, um, there's so many things that happen in Houston, Texas. Mm. Like they got HPD, Harris County Sheriff Department, University of Downtown Police Department. Uh, Pasadena Police Department, Pearland Police Department, you know, Precinct 4, you know, School ISD. So when you look at all these departments, how do they pick and choose? Like, how can they put all this stuff on the, on the uh, news? Mm. They only have a small section for it, so it's like if it bleeds, it leads. Mm. So it got to be something interesting that's going to hook people. Yeah. If it ain't really interesting, it's like, mm, what's the point, right? Mm. Yeah. So that's pretty cool about that, man. So what would you say have been uh, some challenging things you had to deal with in your professional career? Yeah, no, there's definitely uh, been a lot of ups and downs. It's kind of like we talked about. I think just like there was a lot of things I didn't know about uh, playing professional soccer and just especially kind of the business side of it and, um, you know, having to take care of things off the field. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I think mentally. Uh, so the first team I played for, I played two games that year. Last year, my uh, my second season as a pro, my first year in Houston, I played six games, and this year I played uh, seven games out of like a twenty-something game season. So, um, all three years I haven't been like the main starting keeper. So, mm -hmm. I think mentally, um, just like on a week to week basis, just being ready to play, even when you know that like you may not be playing that weekend, or um, yeah. So. I'd say just yeah, always being ready. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that anything can really happen at, at any moment. And uh, just that power of being ready, because they talk about it's like, um, if you don't, oh, I'm gonna butcher it, but it's like, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready, right? So it's like kind of like being ready so you don't have to get ready. Exactly, yeah, so I feel like- I was thinking about that when you was talking about it. Yeah, yeah, so I feel like for me, just trying to figure out my own you know, habits, routines, that helped me get into a state that is ready to play on the weekend and being able just to do that week in and week out regardless of if I am playing. So um, I'd say that's probably been one of the biggest challenges of just kind of, um, you know, playing that backup role and just kind of being ready to play 
mm-hmm. at, a, at a moment's notice because I would say a lot of the games that I've played the past two years have been um, kind of like last minute where something happened and they're like, oh, yeah, like you're starting tomorrow. And uh, <coughs> some of the games have been pretty big games for, for us in the season. So uh, just being able to physically be ready but also mentally, emotionally be ready for, for those moments too I think uh, is, is crucial. And I would say just even as a goalkeeper man, um, that's probably one of the biggest struggles because you'll probably, I mean, at some point in your career, go through a, a stage where you're not a starter. And uh, it really comes down to just those moments of like when you do get an opportunity, what you do with it. And then, you know, the whole future depends on that. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm a big proponent of, of just staying ready because you never know what's just like right around the corner. I'm big on um, uh, habits and routines. Yeah, 100%. Because, uh, you know, we're, we're defined by habits and routines. Mm. And like I always tell people, uh, anybody in general, um, the, the, to get what you want in life is, is deep inside your habits and routine. Mm. So you may have to change something that you're doing in your habits and routines to get to the next level. So obviously what you're doing now, it's not going to achieve the same. It's just like, for example, you lost 10 pounds. Mm. Like what you did to lose that first 10 pounds, you can't do that. You can do it to a certain degree, but if you're trying to lose another 10 pounds, you got to change that up because your body getting used to it. Yeah. So it's it just it's just like uh, I'm big on like scaling like so next level you got to scale to this mm. you got to change the scale to this mm. so it, it almost like it, it it never excuse me it never ends yeah because you just you have to keep working yeah just like for example uh, if you want a big contract you're gonna have to show some like some type of numbers mm. and basically showing those numbers you're gonna have to change some of your performance mm. your attitude or how you approach the game if you wanted a, a bigger contract yeah. So it's like everything calls on some different you have to do. Mm, yeah. Yeah, one quote I've heard recently, it's like, if nothing changes, nothing changes. It's funny, like, sometimes we, we think that, like, just the nature of time, like, oh, like, well, this will just be better in a couple months. It's like, man, if you don't consciously do something about it, like, nothing's ever going to change. So it's pretty much like um, pretty much these New Year's Eve resolution folks. Yeah. <laughs> like, they do this every year. Yeah. They say, I'm going to start in January. And yeah. it's like. And I've been doing this since 2018 officially. And one thing I do know, after looking at that data, most people, they it's hard for them to commit to going to work every day. Mm-hmm. If they can't get to work on time, what makes you think they're going to add all these positive habits yeah. to do that? The only yeah. reason why you go to work because they have bills to pay. Yeah. Other than that, if they didn't really have like obligated to like real bills, I would think most people, they probably would cancel or wouldn't show up. <laughs> yeah. It's like... When you look at that, when you're trying to get people to show up for something else, mm. they can't show up for work on time mm-hmm. or, like, show up for work like that. Mm. Yeah. So, But you ask them to, to do something outside of that. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it's not reality. Mm. Yeah. I've heard some, like, motivational speakers that I like to listen to, and they talk about a lot of those, like, New Year's changes. It's like, man, if you really want to change something in your life, like, do something now, <laughs> you know? Like, because you can do something now in your life that will get you closer to what you're looking for. There's no reason to wait until... And, and I think that New Year's is a decent time where, you know, things have slowed, slowed down a bit and you can kind of reflect on your year and decide what you're looking for for the next year. But like you said, I feel like too many people, they, they said it and then kind of forget about it a week or two in. But it's just like, man, you have you have full control in your life right now to to make a change and to, you know, get yourself on a, on a different path. But it all kind of comes down to just like making a decision. Every, everything comes down to decision. Yeah. Like make a decision and you have to commit to it. Yeah. And I'm big on that. Commit to it. You got to focus. It's just like saying, like, uh, start next year. 
you should start planning that either in November or at the beginning of December. Mm. Because sometimes the holidays go so fast, you know, you're moving around, mm. seeing family, and next thing you know, it's over. So you always, I'm big on like planning like each quarter of the year out yeah. as, as much as possible. Mm. It's probably not gonna go as planned. Some things probably float up, but at least you have like, uh, like something to follow. Mm. I just like your schedules for your games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or uh, practice. What is coaches be like? Hey, we're gonna go out there and practice. So what are we doing? Mm. Practice, mm-hmm. kick some balls mm-hmm. around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they when they kind of like, what's what's the goal for practice? Are we yeah. preparing? Are we just gonna practice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we gonna watch film? No, we're gonna go out there and practice. Yeah. 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 There's a quote that I uh I really like that kind of goes off that. I think it was from like Eisenhower, like General Eisenhower, but he said, like, uh, a plan is nothing, but planning is everything. It is. Basically I, he's saying that like like you said, things can change, right? To where your plan may be in the garbage at some point where, you know, all these external circumstances have changed. But I think he was trying to say more that like the time that you put in to plan and to anticipate and think ahead, um, that's the most essential thing from planning, right? Being able to think ahead and kind of strategize as opposed to being just committed to a rigid plan that, you know, obviously life happens, you know, things change. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just like for that, you know he's going to be traded huh? or, you, or yeah. you had to go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. It just happened. Yeah. Like now you're packing stuff up and I got to leave yeah. within yeah, a week. So. That's like the nature of the business. Or like uh, when I see players get traded overnight, they get traded at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And they're like, well, that's, I, I guess I'm going to Charlotte. Yeah. You know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. And it's like you, it's kind of hard to get attached to the, mm. not attached to the game, but uh, to a team yeah. or to, like, the players because you could be traded or anything could happen. Yeah, yeah man. Just got to ride the wave. <laughs> it's, it's such a big business behind yeah. it. Yeah. So, how, so what would you say the difference? Or is the difference, or there is a difference between like uh, college and the pros? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I feel like um, kind of a couple things we 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 touched upon. Just kind of in the professional side, I didn't really realize coming out of college just um, how much of a business it really is. Like, I feel like in college, I might have, or me, or you know, some other guys might have gotten opportunities to play just because we were good people, or you know, like our coach liked us or whatever. But as a pro man, it's like. Can you do the job or not? You know what I'm saying? Like, can you keep the ball out of the net? Can you? And um, it's you know, pretty, I, pretty much black and white like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to use the word like cutthroat because that sounds kind of just like, you know, it's not like that deep. But it's just like, as a pro, man, it really is just about like, can you do the job? That you can pay uh, to do. Huh, exactly, man. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think a big lesson, too, that I have learned as a pro, you know, um, when I was in college, I only competed against like three or four other keepers in my whole time in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a pro, I've competed against like, I mean, at least like 10 or 20 guys just with on the teams that I've been on. But now it's like in college, I wish I would have had the perspective of just like a bigger perspective. Cause I would compare myself to the guys that I was competing against, right? But it's like, there are so many other goalkeepers out there, right? And I wish I would have had like a higher standard to compare myself to, because now as a pro, it's like, you're competing against all the guys of the world, right. you know? So um, I wish kind of had, like, I had that higher standard for myself to where, like, the guy who was starting over me in college, he was really good with his feet, like kicking and distribution, and that was kind of a weak point of mine. And so I solely focused on just getting better at that and just being like a little bit better than him. But again, like, I w- didn't really have the, awareness at the time to realize that like 
I need to be comparing myself to already pros. Cause it's like, if I'm only comparing myself to him, there's so many other guys out there. Um, yeah. And then even I would say with the competition piece, it's funny. Cause it's like, I talk about other people, but, um, you know, just a quick story. My, uh, freshman year, I played one game and, uh, I remember that guy who was playing ahead of me. So I'd been there, like I said, I graduated early from high school. I was there all spring. Um, got there in the fall. I hadn't played like in our first 10 games or something like that. And uh, I never really faced any like solid competition in the past. I'd always been kind of the guy growing up at my team. And um, so when I saw this guy who was like better than me at the time, um, I was just so focused on him and like, oh man, like I wish this guy wasn't here. And like, you know, if he wasn't here, I'd be the starter, I'd be the man, all these things. And uh, I got that opportunity my freshman year, my very first game. And I remember standing there out there on the field in that game and realizing, like, he had nothing to do with me in that moment. All that mattered was everything that I had been through and all the preparation that I had put in and executing in that moment, right? So I think sometimes when we think about competition, obviously, yes, as a professional, you're competing against other people. But you have to realize that at the end of the day, the real competition is you know, being ready to play and being ready to execute for your team in the moment when you're called upon, right? Because if I'm marginally better than the other keepers on my team and, you know, I get the start on the weekend, but I can't perform well and I can't do the job for my team, then, you know, it's all for nothing, right? Right. So yes, there is competition. Yes, you're competing against other people, but I hate when people say, you know, I'm just competing against myself because it's kind of naive. Like, yeah, there's other people out there, but there is some truth of like, you know, when I am on the field, like I'm alone in that moment, right? There's no other keepers, like no, how everyone else trained that week has nothing to do with me. And it right. all comes down to just my preparation and, uh, you know, how ready I am to, to help my team win. Right. Pretty much setting yourself up for success. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I feel like that's very important because you got to plan, you got to work out. So how usually the uh, the workouts are uh, playing the pros? Like how, like how, how is the week? How, let's just say you just finished with the game on Saturday and then you're getting ready for your opponent for next Saturday. Like, how is that week like mm-hmm. until yeah. you the next game? Yeah, I mean, it depends from uh, team to team. Like, different teams have different philosophies of how they'll structure a week. The way that we've done it, um, so say Saturday game, usually we'll have, like, Sunday off. Um, so, yeah, so usually, like, Sunday off. We'll train, like, Monday, Tuesday, usually have, like, Wednesday off, and then train, like, Thursday, Friday, leading into the game Saturday. Um, But yeah, usually that Monday and Tuesday. So the Monday is usually kind of more of a recovery day just Mm -hmm. because of the game. Tuesday is a bit of a higher kind of volume work type day. Wednesday is usually off just to kind of have a break in the week and just kind of giving, you know, some mental rest for for the game on the weekend. And then the Thursday and the Friday are usually uh, preparation just for that game on the weekend. A lot of more tactical focusing on uh, specifics of like what the other team presents and um, getting ready for for that game so man that's it's a lot of preparation yeah. between here and there so how do you so I, I guess when you just focus on like one job how do you manage your time like outside of that yeah man I'm uh like we kind of touched upon I'm pretty big in, in planning and spending you know at least a, a couple hours on a Sunday just sitting down and thinking about what I want to accomplish for the week and, you know, what my seven days times 24 hours is, is going to look like. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in just that planning process and, and, and planning out my time, be it, you know, 
what my training with the team looks like, my own individual training, um, things I want to get done at home, just, you know, personal development type stuff, just blocking out time just for my own reading and mm -hmm. um, just like recovery stuff. And uh, I do my own like coaching and stuff as well, uh, soccer coaching. So, um, but I think that all comes down from, you know, like we talked about the, the planning and preparation. Cause I think if you're trying to make all those decisions when the time comes just on the day of like, Oh shoot, I'm going to go read right now, or I'm going to try to, it's like, man, you're, you're already like a little too late just to have the perspective on a Sunday, you know, on a day off when things are a little slower and kind of giving yourself that whole week of like being able, cause you can fit in things better into the week when you are planning and thinking ahead and realizing, okay, yeah, Thursday, I'm going to have a little less, uh, at training. So maybe I'll add in my coaching that day. Cause again, yeah, if you're trying to all do it in the moment, man, it's, it's, a uh, it's pretty tough. Uh, yeah, there's <laughs> no way you can do that in the moment when you, when teams are preparing like weeks ahead mm, Yeah, and then all of a sudden y'all just preparing now yeah. is, uh, it's not idea. Yeah. So how is usually the workout? Do y'all have a strength and conditioning coach? Like how mm -hmm. do you use the workout? Yeah, so uh, our team yeah has a specific strength and conditioning coach. But um, yeah, it depends, again, like on the week and uh, what our schedule looks like. I think with this team, typically we've had like two uh, gym workouts during the week. So usually, so we would be off on the Sunday. Monday's more recovery type day. Tuesday is kind of the heavier day on the field, and that's probably like heavier day in the gym, also with the day off on Wednesday right. to kind of rest. And then usually that Thursday is another like gym type day. And then uh, Friday, day before a game, usually don't. Walkthroughs? Um, not, I mean, a little bit, but yeah, just it, it, it's more of a shorter session. And I think they, they don't want us doing too much in the gym and stuff before um, a game. Before a game. Yeah. Yeah, keys get hurt, muscles yeah. be tight. And you probably do like not go so hard for for a game. You yeah. don't mess up anything. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, they're usually pretty short sessions, only like forty five, fifty minutes, and yeah, even half of that is more walkthrough type, just kind of painting certain okay. pictures. Yeah. So how is your uh, eating habits? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's um definitely gotten better throughout the years. <laughs> Man, I <laughs> you like, have to. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to a I was just talking to a guy today, a new client of mine's about. Um, cause he, he want to perform up here, but you know, his, um, his nutritional habits are like shit. Yeah. So I was telling him today, I said, look here, man, I get it. You're, you're 16, but if you can adapt as earlier, you can surpass a good amount of athletes around mm -hmm. your age. Mm -hmm. I say, your yeah, food is so important. That's your fuel. And so you lot like a dumb it down to people. I say, think about your car. Think about having you put orange juice, wine, soda, mm -hmm. and you mainly supposed to be putting gasoline in there. So what happens if we add those other chemicals in there and you're trying to get the mass capacity out of your car? It's not oh, going to work. Yeah, man. Same thing with your body. Yeah. Your body's made up of 65 to 70% of water. Yeah. And you're putting all this in here and you have less than 65% of water in your body. There's no supplement, no medication. There's nothing you can do to improve that. Because mm -hmm. your eyes made of water. You got yeah. blood yeah. in there, yeah. water in there, and you just... You, it's nowhere around it. Yeah. So when I hear people say that, that they don't like drink water, I think that's very ignorant. I don't yeah. care what nobody yeah, says. Your body, it'd be different if your body was made of 65% water. Yeah. And you say you don't drink water. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you want problems. Yeah. I, yeah. And so when people tell me that, it, it, it makes it hard for me to rationalize with people mm -hmm. unless you have, unless water, you're allergic to water mm -hmm. 
or unless water makes you break out in hives. Mm-hmm. But for you to say you don't believe water, they're just asking for problems mm-hmm. on top of problems mm-hmm. throughout your lifetime. Yeah. So like, yeah. and I see that with a lot of people that don't train with me, mm-hmm. but just in general, mm-hmm. they always have to have a flavor with their water. <laughs> but uh, but the thing is, I, I hate to say it, but they're just normal Americans. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're just. <laughs> yeah. I just like athletes They don't hydrate if yeah. you Think about if y'all don't hydrate yeah. Y'all don't put electrolytes in your body Y'all don't drink water Think about how y'all gonna perform Can't train man <laughs> Pass out on this heat man Oh no man chance. Yeah <laughs> But it's it just regular lifestyle But also man Like uh, how do you manage your stress Like with Especially like being traded Going through these times Moving Yeah yeah, No that's a great question I feel like uh, That's definitely Something I've had to uh, Learn a lot about As a pro But Um I would say just having different kind of habits, systems, even, you know, support structures for stress. I think one of the biggest things for me is just having things outside of soccer to kind of rely on because I think especially as a pro where, you know, in college you train, but then you also go to class. So your mind might be off of that, you know, a couple hours of the day. But as a pro, it's like your only obligation really is just training. So it's like you could go train and have a horrible session and then you just come home and you just sit the rest of the day and just you're thinking about it. And I think um, the quicker that you can, you know, learn from mistakes and if it was a bad session and just kind of moving on, I think is the best thing. But I think you can do that through having outside things and not just solely doing that. So for me, um, yeah, I think I, I do like a bit of coaching. So just being outside and uh, helping some kids and, and the youth a little bit more, learn more about the game, about the position, I think. That's been a, a really good way for me. Um, you know, I've got a lot of great people in my life, family, friends that I love to keep in contact with. And even in maybe some of those emotional type moments when things might be going not so well, like just knowing that like, hey, these people are there for a reason and like being willing to reach out to them and, and, uh, and be open. And it's funny, I remember when I first got to college, I remember I, uh, <laughs> I remember when I first got to, to college, I didn't want to like call my parents at all because I thought it was like weird, you know, like, oh, I'm on my own now. And I'd go like weeks without like talking to my parents or like a week or two or like, you know, like a week. And uh, I'd be like, man, like I just like feel bad. But now it's like I talk to my parents like every single day. But yeah. it's just like I enjoy you know, catching up with them and seeing what's going on. But um, it's funny. You got just, older and wiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember like in college, I was like, oh, man, that's not cool. Like I'm but uh, yeah, no, I think that's a, a great like support system. But um, yeah, I think just having people that you can rely on and, and talk to but even like I said having certain habits I mean uh, I'm pretty big into like meditation and like breath work and just kind of being able to, to calm your body calm your mind and uh, kind of see that a lot of that stress I think comes from like stories what we tell ourselves in our head about the future and what could be happening and um, I think so much of that kind of dies away when you kind of just like put the all that to the side and just kind of focus on what's going on right now because you know, the present is all we, we truly have. So, that's it. yeah. So I'd say those are probably some of the, the biggest ways for me. Okay. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Like, because uh, the reason why I asked that, because that's a part of uh, being a healthy lifestyle, like yeah. fitness, nutrition, and yeah. stress. You know, stress is the leading, one leading killer. People say it's smoking, but, and drinking, or uh, something else, cancer, but uh, stress triggers you to drink. Mm-hmm. Stress triggers you to smoke. Yeah. Stress triggers like anti-inflammatory things that happen in your body yeah, like yeah. think about you know if you be stressed out so much you could kill yourself mm-hmm. or you could like stress your body out overly 
and it caused all type of issues. Because yeah, yeah. when you think about it, things develop. Mm. I guess sometimes things happen in regards to like genetics, but for the mm-hmm. most part, most things are from uh, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you make a good point. I think like obviously in life we're all gonna have stress at some point. Well, yeah. In our in our personal lives or, you, you or work. You can't avoid it. Yeah, and you need certain coping mechanisms right and Healthy some ones. of those are gonna help you move in a positive direction you know uh, when you yeah. deal that stress or you know like you mentioned a couple of them yeah like you you lean on those it's like things are only gonna get worse you know yeah. so i think knowing in advance that stress is gonna come and having these kind of systems and habits already in place kind of so when it does hit you're not scrambling in the moment trying to trying to figure yeah. it out yeah. like what the hell i'm gonna do like what i'm gonna do with this stress situation like oh, i'm just gonna eat up everything yeah or but it's, it's just more about awareness yeah and i, and yeah. I feel like uh playing sports definitely does help yeah, yeah. with uh what's going on because you go through a lot of adversity yeah. and your, your parents they can just support you they can't go out there and play the game for you yeah. Yeah. so that's why i say sports is really uh a pivotal thing like i feel like everybody should do like with these ones out their life so they can mm. understand because other than that you lean on your parents to teach you something. What if you got like shitty parents? Yeah. Now you learn this stuff as you get older. Yeah. And yeah. it really sucked in because why everybody didn't learn this trait, you you just now figuring it out mm-hmm. about why I need to be focused, disciplined, mm-hmm. and persistent and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, man. And it's it's definitely like a, a pivotal. Yeah. But as we come to a close, man. Uh, wh- what are some things that you could share to the listeners about somebody else that want to become a professional soccer player? Like what mm. what could you share? Yeah, I mean, I think there's been some really good stuff we, we've touched upon, but Matt, I'd say the biggest thing for me is just starting with, like, why? You know, why do you do it? And and having a, a very strong passion and, and foundation for what you do because, like we just talked about, there's going to be obstacles, there's going to be stress, there's going to be low moments. That's life, that's sports, that's soccer. So um, I think just, like, your why carries you through, though. So I think, you know, I... I I'm playing a lot, you know, for me, like just for, for that little kid that had a dream that was seven years old, eight years old. And, uh, you know, I'm still that kid at heart. And uh, through the the tough times and the hard moments, man, I think, um, you know, just that dream and, and that passion just like carries me through it all. So I think figuring out, you know, why you're playing the sport that you, you're, you're playing and um, getting pretty clear on, you know, wh- why you love it and um, what you're doing it for. And uh, I'd say that's, you know, that, that's the key. And I'd also say, like you talked about, nothing happens without discipline, right? You're gonna have to, yeah, you're gonna have to go through some practices that are difficult, where it's gonna be rainy, it's gonna be cold. And uh, I'm a big fan of motivation. I love listening to motivational speeches or, you know, music or things that kind of get me more in a state that I wanna do hard things. But at the end of the day, that stuff's not always gonna be there. And I think just having that willingness to know that, hey, I'm gonna have to put, push through some tough moments. I'm gonna have to do some hard things. I'm about to do some things that I don't wanna do, but it's just like, if you really want what you say you want, you know, you want to achieve at the highest levels or, um, you know, be the best or you know, all these, it's like, you're gonna have to work hard. You're gonna have to push through hard moments. You're gonna have to work out when you don't wanna work out. Oh, man. All those things. So um, I think if you can balance those two though, of being in a place of playing out of passion and, and, and dreaming and, um, and, and like abundance and all that, but then also being able to do the the hard work, the gritty work, the you know all that. I think um, those two men together, if you if you can really tap into both, man, you you'd be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Being that small percentage, 
So last question, uh, what does a healthy, vibrant life mean to you? Yeah, man, I think I think it means a lot of things. Um, to you. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Uh, actually, I might steal this from a book that I've read, but mm. I kind of take it on. Um, I feel like it, it embodies that. Um, so the author, so the book's called The Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco. It's actually like great entrepreneurship book. But basically he talks about, before he even talks about like the strategies of, you know, making money or whatever, he basically defines like what is wealth. Cause I think, again, to a lot of different people, wealth can be different things. Um, but he talks about, it was like the three, the three F's. It was like the, 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 the trilogy of, of F's. And basically he defined it as, um, it was like family, fitness and freedom hmm. to where it's like family. I think that you've seen a lot of rich people or famous people who have made all this money and accomplished all this stuff, but they haven't had people in their life to, to celebrate it with or enjoy it with. And, uh, and they're miserable. So I think, and especially like as humans, we're, we're social creatures and, uh, you know, we're built to interact with each other. I, uh, another quote I, I came across, it's like, no man is an Island, right? We're all interconnected. We're all dependent on each other. So I think kind of also like we, we had talked about having that network of, of friends, family, um, good people in your life. I think that is a, a, a strong aspect of a, of a vibrant life fitness. Obviously, like we talked about, you know, if we only get one body, <laughs> like this is our only um, mechanism of interacting with this world. And I think, you know, if someone told you that they were going to give you a, a brand new car, but that's the only car you could drive for the rest of your life. You would treat that car pretty pretty well. You'd do all the oil changes, all the maintenance. You'd be vacuuming it all the time. So, mm. um, I think taking care of our bodies, eating well, you know, doing the meditation, the mental side, all of that. I think, uh, yeah, fitness is is a huge part of that. And then even like freedom, man. I think, um, you know, having money, making money is is important. But then even doing that in a way that is connected to kind of like we talked about before, just like doing something that you love and doing something that you feel is purposeful and uh in a way that like you're helping others and, and serving others so um yeah man so i think yeah the, the freedom of of making money and, and being in a in a job or career that you you really love having you know strong body strong mind the fitness aspect and then family just having a good uh group of of people in your life and you know be it actual family or very co close friends or you know whatever, whatever it is i think those three together for me are you know, a vibrant life. Yeah, that's that's pretty deep, man. <laughs> well, that was pretty much what we covered throughout the podcast. Yeah. Is uh, you just have to have that. You know, it's a it's a big collaboration of mm. of everything mixed in one, like all these different ingredients that yep. makes the uh, a quality life. Yep. You know, you can't just you can make a lot of money, but what if you're not in good health? Yeah, you can't enjoy it. Yeah, you know, uh, it's just a lot. It's just a lot that goes into like life, and you always have to be, keep working on yourself mm. each day not pouring into yourself and just learning and gaining and trying to keep some of the bullshit out your life. Yeah. You hey, know? man, talking talk about being a professional athlete, that's all it is, man. It's every day. Cool. You know, your last game, you had a great game, you show up to practice on Monday, doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got to show up for next weekend. You had a yeah. bad game on the weekend, Oh man, doesn't matter. You <laughs> got to show up again. Yeah, you got another game, man. So I think, yeah, just sports, life, taking it day by day, winning the day, making the most of every day, and just – like you said too, just enjoying it. You know, it, it's right. a, it's a grind, it's work, but you know, just loving every day. It's, it's a blessing, man. Every right. day to wake up. So right, you know, I gotta let you try one of the collagens out, yeah, man. man. 
sponsored by the college. So Sir. which flavor you want to check out? The strawberry and lemonade or the peach mango? Which one are you? Ooh, strawberry and lemonade. That sounds that sounds good to me. All right. <laughs> Ask me water, man. So usually I have people that love strawberry lemonade, yeah. got peach mango people. And uh do you take any supplements? Yeah, um I so I take uh like a fish oil, like omega three daily, okay. and then uh magnesium supplement. I take that at night before I go to bed. I uh help me sleep. Yeah, it helps me sleep, but man, if you want to have some crazy dreams at night. Not crazy dreams. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, when I take that got magnesium. Only, got some only fan dreams over there. <laughs> no, 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 that's true, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I don't, I don't know how much I'm trying to dream, but. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a good. Trust me, magnesium as a. As yeah, a yeah, sleep, I, I know yeah. magnesium is a good supplement. But I, I have, it up. Yeah, shake yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I have a good uh, sleeping sleeping routine because yeah. sleeping is a part of you know daily uh, mm-hmm. wellness too. Because you want to probably shake it up some more. Yeah, and shake it up pretty harder. But yeah, uh, I always I'm big on uh, putting your mind at rest. Hundred percent. Because you want to put it. Because the thing is, you, it's like a transition. Some people can go. They lay down. They go straight to sleep. Yeah. I ain't one of them. Yeah. No. 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 So uh, it has uh, vitamin E in there, D3, B3, hyaluronic acid. Uh, hydrolyzed fish collagen, bamboo extract, so some good in- ingredients for your hair, nails, and skin, yeah. and also skin lacticity, and also has some things in there for your immune system. Yeah, tastes good too. Tastes good too. <laughs> it yeah. does. I'm digging it. And then the reason why it's that color because I took out the uh, artificial color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't, you don't need all yeah that's funny, that. man. You you look at like a orange Gatorade, and it's like when you think about it, it doesn't need to be orange. They just you know, put that well, flavors in there and, well, it's, and the it's, color it's, to make people think, oh, yeah, it's orange. Yeah, it's, it's a marking tactic, yeah. but I'm big on, like, health. So I try to take out as much of the bad stuff in there without uh, at least make it taste good. Because I did try the all-natural, and it just tastes like just tar. <laughs> so I did. I do have a little bit of uh, – so there's no fructose or sucrose in there. Mm. It's just some uh, some artificial flavoring in there, mm. just a little bit. But if that's what the people going to ding me on. But if I, if I didn't have that in there, yeah, it would yeah, taste tar, yeah, like yeah. a strawberry, like – Lemon, you be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it'd be healthy, yeah, yeah. But it it yeah. tastes like shit. Yeah, you got you got to meet people in the middle <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> man. But when people still try to ding me, I'm like, well, you, you drinking stuff that got all this natural yeah, this color yeah. stuff in yeah. there. Yeah, it's like, but you know, you know, you can't make everybody happy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, what can they find? So, so what's your new what's what's the name of your uh, new team you're going to? Yeah, it's called uh, Carolina Core FC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what can they uh, find you on social media? Yeah, so uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, A Pannenberg, A P A N N E N B E R G, and then uh, I've actually got my own uh, YouTube channel. Just um, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's called Invincible uh, Goalkeeping, and basically, it's just uh, it's me documenting my journey, just uh, you know, daily life uh, advice that you know I wish I knew as a as a young goalkeeper, and you know, some of the things like we've talked about today, and uh, even just some of my like training sessions and all that. So. Um, just getting started, but uh, I got some good stuff coming. So when does the uh, season start? Yeah, so we start like mid March is when uh, like games start, but we start preseason like end of January. So oh wow, so yeah. it's coming up. Yeah, man, coming up. <laughs> that's yeah. why that's why you're shipping out of here, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, you got to give back. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. I'll put everything in the show notes where you can find Andrew and also uh, his new team, and give him a shout if you're in the area. Peace out. <laughs>